You are listening to Agency Work, the podcast that provides career advice for people who want to work at a creative agency. I am your host, Parker Playstead. Today I am talking with Rick Whittington from Whittington Consulting, which is a growth agency in Richmond, Virginia. Rick has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Communication Studies and Marketing from Virginia Tech. Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Parker. It's great to be here. Our guests may recognize a little difference in my voice today. I'm getting over a cold, and I think that's coming through in my voice, but the show must go on. I have Rick here in the studio with me, and so we're going to do this podcast. And we'll start with Rick telling us more about what a growth agency is, explaining that label of what his agency does, and tell us more about the work that his growth agency does for their clients. That's a great question, Parker. So we are a growth agency. and What that means is that we help companies meet or exceed their revenue growth goals. So a company always is going to have a goal that they want to hit on a yearly basis. We look at that revenue target and we decide what needs to be done from a digital marketing perspective to make that happen. And so we help companies with digital marketing, and that involves website redesigns or website design and optimization. It involves SEO and inbound marketing, which I define as marketing with a magnet instead of a sledgehammer. So we're not doing any billboards or TV ads or radio ads or anything like that that is more of an interruptive style of marketing. We're doing purely inbound marketing and purely digital marketing, and that's how we're helping companies. So what we do as a growth agency is we look at their revenue goals for the future, and we we determine what they're doing right now. We determine the delta or the gap between those two things, and we decide what they should be doing based on our our own experience helping companies do that in the past. So, Rick, the focus for your company is on sales leads and generating more sales leads for the client? So that's exactly right. What we're trying to do is generate sales leads for companies. So what we're trying to do is trying to put a company at the intersection of a customer's search and a need and a challenge. So when a company or a person searches for a solution, we want our client to be at the intersection of that, that we want them to show up for that search, to have information there that is wildly helpful for that person or that company, which ultimately then leads to a personally identifiable lead, which would be a name, phone number, email address, and then that company can then follow up on that lead and ultimately that turns into a sale. Can you give me an example of that? Sure, yeah, we have a a chemical tank manufacturing client. That'd be a good example. And so as they manufacture their tanks, their tanks are very large tanks from anywhere from 55 gallons to 13,000 gallons. And a lot of times their tanks hold chemicals, volatile chemicals that can't be, uh, you can't breach that tank or else you'll face environmental fines and things like that. So in a lot of cases, clients or customers that are buying their products are searching for tank types. So one of the things we might do uh, to help that company, that our client, be at the intersection of that search and that customer need is to write an article on which tank type is better for a company where there is seismic activity. Or we might write an article comparing a fiberglass tank to a plastic tank and what are the pros and cons of each material in different chemical storage situations. And so the idea there is that when someone searches for a sodium hypochlorite tank, they find this article that helps a customer figure out the difference between the two tanks and where the usage is most appropriate. 
So in that example, you're focused on providing educational information to the people who are searching for that information, and when they find the educational information, it helps them make a decision. It may lead them, hopefully, to your client to make a purchase, but your focus is really on providing information out there to people who are searching for information. That's exactly right, and we're optimizing it in a way that people can find it in their search. So that could be through a, uh, a paid search. So if someone's searching Google, we might place an ad that leads to a chemical storage guide in this case. It might be that we're optimizing an article so that someone can find that article on the free listings on Google. What we might also do is put together a downloadable resource that's much longer than an article and much more informative. And to get that article, someone needs to fill in their name, their email address, their phone number, their company name, and any kind of other material information that a company is looking to collect. And that would be a lead. That's a sales lead. So that is something that a salesperson at our client's company can follow up on. They can call them, they can email them, and they can nurture that lead to the point where they're ready to buy. Because keep in mind, at this point in the game, a potential customer has identified our company as a possible solution provider. They haven't decided that that's the exact route that they want to take. That was a good description of how companies get leads. But once a company gets leads, they have to manage the leads and get the leads out to their salespeople. They're trying to figure out if the leads are qualified or not. So there's more to it that you help companies with once they've got their leads. So you get into helping them with their processes, and I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So it, it never stops with just generating a lead. Um, we want to help companies be able to put that into a system that makes sense for them. A lot of companies are managing their lead pipeline through Excel or on a whiteboard, and, and that's, that's all well and good. At least you're tracking it somewhere, but really what you need is a tool that allows you to collect all of those leads to be able to score those leads so a salesperson that might have a million things to do in a day can go in and say, what are my highest priority contacts uh, based on what they're doing on your website, based on the emails that they open and they click. So we help them install this system. It's called a CRM or Customer Relationship Management System and we help build that around their sales process. So what we're doing here is we're not only helping them generate those leads, but we're helping them to give them a way to work those leads using technology, which by the way, also gives you some digital reporting, and you can see how successful um, those companies are at each stage of the process in um, making those sales. Well, one of the things I like about the process you just described is how quantitative it is and how you're helping companies understand how to close their sales. So I'd like you to talk about how you have that conversation with the companies and explain to them how you can help them with their processes. So one of the things we help companies do is, is put their unique sales process on a platform. First of all, it's defined, it's repeatable, and we can measure the results. So for example, from my company, I know that I need to have 12 meaningful sales discussions on a weekly basis to be able to make our sales numbers. And I have a system that helps me track every meeting and every phone call so I know and can report on that every single day. I can look at that every day and say, where am I to that 12? Am I 
at three on Wednesday, well, I need to get to work because I need to be able to make my 12 if I want to make my sales. So we help do that same thing for customers. We help them understand what level of activity is needed from their sales team to be able to make their sales goals. We need to look at the the funnel from step-by-step, a step-by-step process in their sales. So a company might first connect with someone by phone, then they might send a PO or a proposal, and then they might have a negotiation, and then they might actually close that and, and win that or lose that deal. And so we want to help the company understand what's the success level between each step in the process. And the way we got here is because we were generating leads for companies and they weren't closing those deals. And so they said, well, these leads must not be very good. So we say we need to help them figure out a way to work those leads better, to figure out what their success rates are, to figure out how many are falling through the cracks, because we found that when we measured this, people weren't following up on those leads appropriately. They weren't following up on them frequently enough. And so we looked like we weren't successful. I like what you just explained about the process and how you were a little bit frustrated with uh, presenting your results to the client and the client kind of dropping the ball on their side with these sales leads. So I see how you've grown to get involved in the sales process and not just be a digital advertising agency. What I find interesting about this is I bet it shines a light on the salespeople and the sales managers and really makes them more accountable for the work they're doing. It gives them a path to be successful, but it also can create some structure that uh, may be a little intimidating. It definitely creates structure, and that's the entire point of this, is that you have a repeatable sales process, and if you're a sales manager, you can see activity. You can listen to phone calls that your sales reps make. You can read their meeting notes you can see how successful they are versus each other. And so there is a competitiveness to this, but also I think more importantly, it brings brings a whole new level of accountability and transparency into the sales process so that a sales manager can help coach a sales rep if they are not as successful as they should be. Uh, They can go back and listen to those phone calls and coach those people. Uh, They can find out if they're following the same process every single time. Because we find out in a Harvard Business Review article tells us this, that companies that follow a defined sales process are more successful at selling. And so whether it's the CEO holding a sales manager or a couple of sales reps accountable, or whether it's a sales manager holding an entire team accountable, we're able to help them figure out what their successful level is and help them to coach those sales reps to make them more effective. I think the other thing it does is to help those sales reps become more efficient. So a good CRM is going to put a lot of information into a CRM that they don't have to enter by hand manually. And so when a website visit occurs, that appears in a timeline. And when they open an email, that appears in a timeline. And so a customer service rep or a salesperson doesn't actually have to go through and enter that data in by hand. I like your focus on helping the companies be better companies and helping the managers be better managers of their staff. So I like that focus. One important part of this is you're helping them be more efficient in how they're managing their leads. And you don't want your leads to go cold, right? There's a a kind of a timeline to this that you need to act on your leads quickly. And if you don't have a good process for that, you're in bad shape. And so you're going in and helping the companies have a better process, helping them with technology, 
and as a kind of a contrast here, I've used Salesforce at one of the companies I worked with, and that can be a big complex uh, sales management, customer relationship management uh, tool. And you're using HubSpot with your clients. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about how HubSpot fits that role for you and your clients. Yeah, that's absolutely true that you have to follow up on leads very, very quickly. Um, It's 2019. People are living online, and they expect instantaneous communication. So, for example, if it's a live chat, you need to be there to to man that or have a chat bot in place that can answer some questions, uh, you know, independent of an actual person being there. Um, So also, just because people are busy people, I might be in a meeting and get a lead from our website and not be able to respond for an hour. Well, that's not acceptable today. And so we need a tool of some sort to enable that instantaneous communication. So HubSpot is that tool for us. That's something that our methodology is sort of independent of the tool, but the tool does, having used it for seven or eight years now, it gives us the ability to install a lot of those things on their website very quickly, very easily, without a lot of programming or or developer input. So we can put a chat bot on a website. We can put live chat on a website. We can create an autoresponder that instantaneously follows up with a meeting link of an actual sales rep when someone wants to talk. So those things and those features are something that HubSpot offers for us. And for those in our audience who are not familiar with HubSpot, it's been around for a few years. But there's a book called Inbound Marketing that the founders of HubSpot wrote. Uh, there's the HubSpot website with information about HubSpot. And there's even a conference, I think. Have you ever been to that conference, the Inbound Conference, Rick? Yeah, I've been uh, four years in a row, going to be fifth this year. But it's a really interesting conference. It's a huge conference. It's actually one of the largest conferences in America. I think this year probably will be 25,000 people. Uh, it's where marketers go to, to learn and grow. Uh, there's also now a sales component, too. So a salesperson can take their sales team and learn how to sell the inbound way, which is simply you know, being more consultative rather than just showing pitch decks all day. Well, that's a good way to transition into the next part of this conversation, because I want to get into what are the skills and knowledge you need to have to be successful at the kind of work you're doing. And you've got an interesting agency. So I think this is going to be an interesting conversation about what you're looking for if you are hiring somebody to join your team or in general, the kinds of skills and knowledge for somebody to be successful at doing this. So I'll say we're always looking for people for our team. We may not be hiring right now or have a position open, but we're always looking for good people to talk to. So the first thing we look for is a digital native. It's someone who lives their life online. They're used to using the internet to do searches for different things, like using Yelp for food food reviews or for shopping reviews, or they're shopping online. They're trying to find information online. They're research, you know, they're very research driven. Uh, They're using the web to do that. And so they understand just fundamentally the different vehicles and media that are possible uh, when a company does research. I think other than just a digital native, um, curiosity is really important too. So we work with a lot of different companies and a lot of different industries, and it's important that someone really is curious about how the company sells and how the company does business, what kind of customer they're looking for, because those are going to help us write better articles uh, and really service those companies a lot better. The other thing that I'll mention is three things that that are not unique to me. I actually read a book called The Ideal Team Player, and 
Uh, it's by Patrick Lencioni, and the, the way you spell that, I believe, is, is L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I. And he talks about the concept of humble, hungry, and smart. So those are the kinds of things we look at from a, from a real core value perspective in an employee. So if I could explain those a little bit, humble is obvious, but it's, it's really you know, just trying to put other people first. So as you go through your day, we're trying to really help each other and collaborate. And that's really important in our, in our business because we do collaborate with designers and developers and, and strategists and marketers and our clients. So we're very close with our client. We talk to them a lot. And so putting them first and having that servant attitude or that servant heart is very important to us. Um, the second thing is hungry. And so hungry is just driven. So they're driven to get results for themselves. They're driven to get results for the client. And they're willing to do what it takes to further their professional lives, their, their skill sets. Um, they're doing things on their own to learn and grow. They're getting a lot of these free certifications that you can get online. And it's really helping them become better people and, and better in their marketing skill too. And the last thing I'll mention is smart. And so what that means is people smart or emotional intelligence. And it's just the ability to read people. So you know in the workplace you're going to have conflicts with different people. It's the ability to read that and say, okay, maybe I overstepped my bounds here. I need to back up. How does, you know, how does that person want to be spoken to? How do I need to speak to them to be able to get my point across well? And so that emotional intelligence or smarts, as, as Lencioni calls it, is really helpful in the workplace. So, Rick, I've spent a lot of time in the Google products, and I'm Google AdWords certified, and there's Google Analytics certification as well. For what you're doing, can you identify some of the certifications that are relevant for that? I would say that the Google AdWords and analytics certifications are definitely viable for what we do. Uh, certainly, we have analytics in place where we can pull data from Google Analytics and Google AdWords and several other places and put them into a dashboard. But I do think that having those certifications is very helpful. It really helps to give you the, the more holistic view of data analysis. Uh, but what we what we're primarily hiring is not necessarily an analyst or just an analyst. It's someone who can also think a lot more creatively. Um, the inbound certification by HubSpot is another free certification that we find we actually require uh, to work at the company. There are other certifications, too, that you can get inside of HubSpot, um, but there are also different units or courses that you can take if you go to HubSpot Academy. And so th those are, are highly uh, recommended. I think there's, there's some others out there on the web, too. Uh, some of them you have to pay for. Some of them are free. Um, Digital Marketer is another one that, um, that we follow. Ryan Dice is a, is a really savvy marketer and knows what he's doing. And he thinks the same way. I mean, it's the same general rule of having some sort of a funnel or a lead funnel where you're getting people into the funnel and sending them through the funnel to the sales process. And for anybody who wants to get into this kind of work, do you have any advice for what they should emphasize in their resume or on their cover letter? I think they need to make their resumes interesting. I mean, I can't tell you, when we have an open position, we get probably 100 resumes. And, and really, the, the stat about that is you have about seven seconds to impress, and that's true. I mean, it really is true. When you're busy and you're looking through resumes, it, it really helps to make them interesting. So I don't necessarily mean that they have to be really well-designed but have something that's unique. Uh, we, we know you majored in something in college and you, you 
graduated at a certain date. But make it interesting. Talk about some of the, the competitive things that you've done. That really sticks out to me. Uh, anytime you put yourself in a competition, you risk failure. And that's one of the things we want to see. You know, does someone risk failure? And what do they learn from that failure or success? Um, another thing we want to look for is volunteer activity. So that says a little bit about who you are as a person and the fact that you're willing to give of yourself for something that you're not being paid for. And so that, those two things, I think, really help a resume stand out in my mind. I agree. That's great advice. Thank you. So, Rick, while I was doing my research on you, I saw that you do videos on your own website, which are interesting, and, and that takes some guts to, to sit there and do a video and talk to your audience. So for people who are interested in knowing more about Rick and his business, I encourage you to go to his website. I'll give you the URL at the end here, but he's got some good videos, and he also does a podcast, and I'll let him talk about that. So we decided a few months ago to shoot some videos. And uh, this is literally just me in a conference room with my cell phone on the table. And so what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to cover a very brief concept that a C-level executive, which are the people that we sell to, uh, something that they would be interested in. And so that goes up on our website. It's also transcribed on our website. It's in our insight section or our blog. And we also post that to LinkedIn. And so that goes on, on my LinkedIn profile. And what we've seen is that because a video is more than just a picture, which is only worth a thousand words, a video is worth so much more than that. And so people can see who I am and, and, and what my ideas are and how I communicate that. There's so much more to a video. And so it's gotten a lot of engagement. We've seen a lot of engagement from that. We've seen business actually come from that. Um, I prefer that LinkedIn style approach where people can comment and like and share as opposed to just the blog, but we do post it on the blog just so people can find it and it has some longevity there. Um, we also do run a podcast, so it's called the Senior Care Growth Show. It's where senior care sales and marketing leaders go to grow. And so we are trying to reach into that industry, and one of the ways we've been able to do that and meet some interesting people in the industry is with a podcast. It's something that we've tried. We've been doing it now for about a year, and um, it's slow going at, at times, but uh, what's really interesting is it gives us the ability to meet people in that industry that we wouldn't normally have access to. Well, it's good to have another podcaster here in the studio with me. And to our audience, you probably can tell that he's comfortable in front of a microphone. So I think that comes through in our conversation today. Well, this is a good point to wrap up the conversation. Are there any last comments or points you'd like to make? I would like to encourage you know anyone who is interested in getting into digital marketing or into a field like ours to reach out to me. So the best place to do that is to go to our website, um, if I was to tell you my name, it's, it's rickwhittington.com, but you may not be able to spell that. That's okay. Just go to LinkedIn and do a search, and you'll find me there. Uh, connect with me. I freely connect with just about anyone who's not trying to sell me something. So please do connect on LinkedIn and start up a conversation there. I'm very approachable. Uh, if you're still in college or you're out of college and you're looking for uh, career advice or to get into that digital marketing space, I'm more than happy to answer questions. That's great. Thank you, Rick. All right. It's time to wrap this thing up. To our audience, you have been listening to the Agency Work Podcast. My guest today has been Rick Whittington from Whittington Consulting. We've been talking about his company that is a growth agency and how digital marketing is changing. We've also been talking about sales leads and managing sales leads 
and he's given some good advice for people who are interested in getting into this kind of work, which is a little bit different. It's not your typical agency, but it's a really interesting line of work, um, and I'm glad Rick was able to come in today because I really wanted to feature this kind of agency. To learn more about Whittington Consulting, go online to rickwittington.com, R-I-C-K-W-H-I-T-T-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. And by the way, that's his name, Rick Whittington. So if you look him up in LinkedIn, you've got his name to look him up. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Parker. And to our audience, thank you for listening. I will be back next week with a new guest, and I hope you will tune into that episode. This podcast was recorded at Red Amp Audio in Richmond, Virginia. This is Agency Work signing off.